Him was far greater than any he'd known in Istanbul. He was a poet, and, as he himself had written, in an early poem still largely unknown to Turkish readers, it snows only once in our dreams. As he watched the snow fall outside his window, as slowly and silently as the snow in a dream, the traveller fell into a long-desired, long-awaited reverie. Cleansed by memories of innocence and childhood, he succumbed to optimism and dared to believe himself at home in this world. Soon afterward, he felt something else that he had not known for quite a long time and fell asleep in his seat. Let us take advantage of this lull to whisper a few biographical details. Although he had spent the last twelve years in political exile in Germany, Our traveller had never been very much involved in politics. His real passion, his only thought, was for poetry. He was 42 years old and single, never married. Although it might be hard to tell as he curled up in his seat, he was tall for a Turk, with brown hair and a pale complexion that had become even paler during this journey. He was shy and enjoyed being alone, Had he known what would happen soon after he fell asleep, with the swaying of the bus his head would come to lean first on his neighbor's shoulder and then on the man's chest, he would have been very much ashamed. For the traveler we see leaning on his neighbor is an honest and well-meaning man and full of melancholy, like those Chekhov characters, so laden with virtues that they never know success in life. We'll have a lot to say about melancholy later on, but as he is not likely to remain asleep for very long in that awkward position, suffice it for now to say that the traveller's name is Kerim Alakusholu, that he doesn't like this name, but prefers to be called Ka from his initials, and that I'll be doing the same in this book. Even as a schoolboy, our hero stubbornly insisted on writing Ka, on his homework and exam papers. He signed Ka on university registration forms, and he took every opportunity to defend his right to continue to do so, even if it meant conflict with teachers and government officials. His mother, his family and his friends all called him Ka, and having also published some poetry collections under this name, he enjoyed a small enigmatic fame as Ka, both in Turkey and in Turkish circles in Germany. That's all we have time for at present. As the bus driver wished his passengers a safe journey as we departed Erzurum station, let me just add these words. May your road be open, dear car. But I don't wish to deceive you. I'm an old friend of cars, and I begin this story knowing everything that will happen to him during his time in Kars. After leaving Horasan, the bus turned north, heading directly for Kars. As it climbed the winding road, the driver had to slam on the brakes to avoid a horse and carriage that had sprung up out of nowhere on one of the hairpin bends, and Kar woke up. Fear had already fostered a strong fellow feeling among the passengers. Before long, Kar too felt at one with them. Even though he was sitting just behind the bus driver, Carl was soon behaving like the passengers behind him. Whenever the bus slowed to negotiate a bend in the road or avoid going over the edge of a cliff, 
he stood up to get a better view. When the zealous passenger who'd committed himself to helping the driver by wiping the condensation from the windshield missed a corner, Carr would point it out with his forefinger, which contribution went unnoticed. And when the blizzard got so bad that the wipers could no longer keep the snow from piling up on the windshield, Carr joined the driver in trying to guess where the road was. Once caked with snow, the road signs were impossible to read. When the snowstorm began to rage in earnest, the driver turned off his brights and dimmed the lights inside the bus, hoping to conjure up the road out of the semi-darkness. The passengers fell into a fearful silence with their eyes on the scene outside. The snow-covered streets of destitute villages, the dimly-lit ramshackle one-story houses, the roads to farther villages that were already closed, and the ravines barely visible beyond.